Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. We're just going to look at the first five verses here. This is a story that some of you may be familiar with. Joshua and the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. These stories are good. Oftentimes we, we, we kind of think of these stories as being children's stories. And, and oftentimes these are, we see them taught in children's Sunday school. Uh, but there's a reason why, why they're, they work good for children because the message is, is really, I guess it's simple you could say. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a good way. It's a, it's a simple message that's easy to connect with. There's, it's, it's good for us and easy for us to find application and make connection with stories like these. And that's why we revisit them from time to time. And that's why they're good foundational stories for young kids and even good for us to, to revisit if we've heard the story before as adults. And uh, so we're going to talk about it today. Maybe you've never heard this story before. We're, uh, we're going to kind of read the introduction to the story as opposed to just kind of seeing how it all folds out, I encourage you to read the rest of this chapter and even read before and after it if you'd, if you'd like to this week. But what we're going to look at in the first five verses are going to be the commands that God gives to Joshua and the people as they're going to Jericho. And all of these commands that God gives the people are carried out just as God tells them to. So we won't necessarily look at the whole chapter uh, of them being carried out, but, but they are carried out exactly in the way that God had commanded. So let's pray, and then we'll dig into the text. Father God, we come to you today, and I thank you that we can be here in your house. Dear Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, God. I cannot preach any word today that's worth anything, God, if it's not from you. So dear Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just take control of me, dear Lord. I am unworthy to be here to preach your word. But dear Lord, you have called me to do so, and I pray, God, by your strength and your power, by your grace, God, that you would let your spirit fill this place today, that, that your people today, God, would hear your word. God, you know where we are, you know what we're going through in our life, and God, we all come here because we're searching for you. And so, God, I pray today we find you in your word. We find the strength or encouragement or correction, whatever it may be that we need, God, that we find that in your word today, that your Holy Spirit would open our ears, that you free us from distractions, God, the worries of the world, the things that probably have already been popping into our minds along this service. God, I pray that you just would block those things out for a few minutes, that we would hear your word, and that it would really have an impact in our life, dear Lord. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a little bit of a background before we get into the text. Moses had led the people out of slavery in Egypt and, and ultimately led them almost to the promised land, but, but they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. And so many of that generation, most, did not get to enter the promised land, and Moses himself didn't even enter into the promised land. That fell to Joshua. And, and, and Joshua had been there with Moses along the way, and he'd kind of been prepped for this, and he was kind of Moses' right-hand man, and it was Joshua who was going to lead that generation into the Promised Land. So Moses led them, they crossed the Red Sea, they wandered around the wilderness, but now the time had come. The 40 years was up, and Joshua is going to lead them the rest of the way into the Promised Land. And so that kind of gives us a little background that gets us to where we are in Joshua chapter 6, 
verse 1. Now, Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one leaving or entering. Now, this is an important note. Now, if you go back and you read the, the chapters before this, you begin to see this story unfolding. What you see in the chapters before this is you see God's people, and as they're getting ready to enter into the promised land, they arrive at the Jordan River, and they needed to be able to cross the Jordan River. Now, it was likely a bunch of them, probably hundreds of thousands, maybe over a million. The estimates get pretty high. It was, it was likely a large group of people that Joshua was leading to go into the promised land, and they arrive at the Jordan River. They need to be able to cross the Jordan River. So what God does is he tells the people, he says, look, he tells Joshua, you need to get the priest that are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was this big, big, huge, beautiful, ornate box that, 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 that sat in the holy of holy places, and, and God's presence would come down there in the holy of holy places, and there was some some cool stuff inside the Ark of the Covenant, and God's people would carry this around with them. Now, at that time, they were still putting up this tabernacle. It was like a tent. They were building it and taking it up as they went on their way, and they constructed it just the way that God said. And, and in, that, in that holy of holy places of the tabernacle was this Ark of the Covenant. And so they had to take it along their journey, and the priests were carrying it, and God said, the priests need to go, and they need to, they need to step into the edge of the Jordan River. And, of course, the priest and Joshua did just as God had commanded. And, and as the priest stood in the Jordan River, as their feet touched the river, the river began to stand still, the Scripture says. It said that the, that the waters began to, to kind of stack up, to build up, to, to become a mass. Now, I don't know what that looked like. That's, a, that's a, a crazy thing to imagine how God pulled that off. A really similar event to what we see in the parting of the Red Sea. But it says that as the priest stood there in, in the water, in the edge of the water, with the Ark of the Covenant, that the water stopped. Almost, it sounds like, like there was a wall there. And the waters just began to back up and they began to pile up because there was nowhere that they could go because God was holding the waters back. And it says that as the priest stood there, that they stood on dry ground. And the people walked across the Jordan River on dry ground. Now, this was a big deal. You can understand, as this water backs up and don't have anywhere to go, the people in the land would know that there's something going on. The people in the land begin to hear about what was taking place. We see this in the chapters before. They hear about this event, that the God of the Israelites was able to stop the Jordan River, and they became afraid. What in the world? Who are these people, and who is their God that he can stop the Jordan River? And so word began to spread among the people in that area. As God's people had made their way across the Jordan River, the people in the land were afraid of Joshua and the Israelites and the God of the Israelites. And so that's why when we see here in Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 that Jericho was a strong, strongly fortified because of the Israelites, well, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about, hey, these people in Jericho had heard that God's people were on the way, 
And there was something special about these people. And there were some, some powerful things that were happening around these people of Israel. So they had it locked down. No one was entering or leaving. Now Jericho had a big wall around it. It had some gates, some doors. They kept those doors closed. They didn't want anybody coming in and anybody going out. They, wanted to, they didn't want any way for the Israelites to be able to come in because they knew that God's people were headed that way. And so they were trying to be prepared. They were fortified. They were ready to stand against the people of Israel, or at least they thought they were. Verse 2, The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho, its king, and its fighting men over to you. Now this would have been good news for Joshua to hear. That God says, hey, you're fixing to go to, Jer to Jericho. It's going to have some big walls. It's strongly fortified, but... I'm going to hand them over to you. So God gives Joshua this good news that, that everything is going to be okay. There's, a, there's, a, there's something big before you, something that, that may even appear to be insurmountable. But know that I'm with you and everything's going to be okay. I'm going to get you through it. I'm going to hand them over to you. Now there's a good lesson in there for us too. Because sometimes there are things that we approach in life that are, that are bigger than we can handle. We may approach some Jordan rivers in our life and we say, well, here's where I am and here's where I want to be. But man, there's this, there's this river in front of me. I'll, I'll never get to where I want to be. I'll never get over this thing I'm struggling with. I'll never, I'll never be able to accomplish this thing I want to accomplish or this thing I want to do. Life is too hard and, and it's just no way I can get past it. But yet in the story of the Israelites and, the, and, and Joshua, we see what God does. He takes things that are in our path that look insurmountable, and yet he leads us through those things. He brings us to moments where we come up against things perhaps like Jericho, things that seem too big for us to overcome, and we say, well, this is too much. How will I ever overcome this? How will I ever get through this? Well, we'll get through it the same way that the people of Israel and Joshua did. We'll get through it with the power of God. Now, God tells Joshua here, everything's going to be okay. But let's continue on as we read the story in verse 3. God gives him specific instructions in verse 3. He says, march around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time, do this for six days. Now, this is kind of a strange instruction. Now, I don't know... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the people thought. Maybe when they heard it, they didn't question it at all. They said, hey, God told us to do it. Maybe there were some that were scratching their head because this is kind of odd. God says, okay, you're going to this big fortified city, and what I want you to do is every day I want you to march around the city one time all the, all the men of war. Now, we see a couple of chapters back that there were about 40,000 men of war here that, that was in this group. So this is the group that was supposed to march around the city Every day, once a day, for six days. And as we see the story continue, as we continue to read through the rest of the chapter, you'll see that, that, the, that the priests were supposed to blow the horns. Every day they were going to walk around, and the priests would blow the horns. And they were to do this once a day for six days. Now, God says, I'm going to hand the city over to you, and here is what you need to do. So, the instruction is pretty simple, if not a little strange, and maybe not make complete sense. It's simple instructions to follow nonetheless. Let's see what the next part of the command was. In verse 4, Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns, trumpets, in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, 
march around the city seven times while the priests blow the trumpets. Okay, so the first six days are all the same. They're going to march around once a day on the first six days. But on the seventh day, it's a little different. They're going to march around seven times on the, on the seventh day. Now, again, kind of crazy instruction, but nonetheless, these are God's commands for his people. He says, look, I'm going to hand these people over to you, and here's how I'm going to do it. Here's your instruction. Here's what you need to do. You march around that wall once a day for six days. On the seventh day, you get everybody together and you march around seven times on the seventh day with the priest blowing the horns and toting the Ark of the Covenant. These are my instructions to you. And we continue on in verse 5. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear its sound, have all the people give a mighty shout. So this is the last part of the command, the marching around the wall, the blowing the trumpets, all of that. That was part of the command, but the last part of the command was on the seventh day, after you've walked around the wall seven times, as the trumpets are blasting and the Ark of the Covenant is going around, when you hear a long trumpet blast, then all of the people are to shout. And these were the commands of God. This is what God says, this is what you need to do. Now, it's important that we recognize the significance of the commands of God. God gives us commands today. We see plenty of commands in the Scripture. Perhaps through the Holy Spirit, God calls us to do things and leads us to do things that may not seem to make much sense. We may have experiences where we feel like God's saying, okay, I'm with you, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you with whatever it is you're up against. But here's what I'm calling you to do. And sometimes the things that God calls us to do are scary. Sometimes it may not make much sense. But if we feel that God is calling us to do it, if we feel that God has commanded us to do it, then we need to be obedient to the commands of God. Even if we don't always understand how God is working, even if what is before us seems like it's, it's impossible even if it seemed impossible for the Israelites to be able to overtake Jericho, to be able to overcome the walls that surrounded Jericho, even if it seemed impossible to them, you know what the people of Israel did? They did what God commanded. We don't see that they give God any question here. We don't see that there's any doubt here. If there was, it's not recorded. God commanded Joshua, this is how it needs to be done. Joshua told the people, and God's people did exactly as God commanded. And God told them, I'm going to hand Jericho over to you. And that's exactly what God did. On that seventh day, they marched around seven times. And after that trumpet blasted for that long blast, and Joshua gave the command, all of the people shouted, and the walls came tumbling down. The second part of verse 5 here says, Then the city wall will collapse and the people will advance, each man straight ahead. This was the command of God. God spelled it out for his people here. Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver your enemy over to you. I'm going to let you overcome your enemy. I'm going to be with you. And here are my commands to follow. And praise the Lord, God's people here followed his commands. That's how we overcome, that's how we overcome the, the struggles in our life. That's how we overcome those walls in our life and those burdens in our life and those things that are too big in our life, that sin that is so big in our life. 
What's the wall that's been built up in your life today? Maybe it's a, a wall of addiction or a wall of depression or a wall of, of any number of sins. And, and perhaps we've been building these walls for years. Perhaps we just keep putting another brick in the wall each time we sin and we give in to this sin. And we've built these walls up and we see these things before us and these life situations before us and these sins that are so heavy and so tough for us, things that we want to overcome but we look at them and we say, there's no way I could overcome that. It's too big. It's too difficult. I'll never make it through. I'll never find any peace. I'll never be able to overcome this sin. But I want to tell you today that when we are obedient to the word of God, that's how we get the walls to come tumbling down. That's how. We read the Word of God and we see what God's Word says and we begin to be obedient to God. When we begin to do the things that God calls us to do, when we begin to live the way that God calls us to live and love the way that God calls us to love, it is then that those walls come tumbling down. When we shout out to the Lord and say, God, I need you. God, there's this wall in front of me. God, I can't overcome it. God, you're going to have to help break this thing down. And praise the Lord that through the power of Jesus Christ that there is not a wall in your life that cannot be broken down. There is not a burden in your life that God cannot lift from you. There is not a sin in your life that God does not give you the power to overcome through Jesus Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. There is not a wall in your life of addiction that you cannot overcome. There is not a wall in your life of pain or depression or anger or whatever it may be. These are walls that, that are constantly around us, some of which we do a little bit of building on ourselves with our sin and some of which are just walls of life. Just life circumstances has hit us in the face. Things we aren't prepared for. We lose a job. We lose a loved one. There's something that just, that just goes on and we say, man, I don't know that I can overcome this. This wall is too big for me to overcome. But praise the Lord, we serve a God who can help us overcome the walls in our life. But we got to be obedient to it. That's the key. We got to be obedient to what God says. Now, now, I, I don't suspect that God's going to come to you tonight in a dream and tell you whatever your, your wall is to go walk around it six days, once a day, and seven times on the seventh day. He might, but there are other, other ways that maybe God speaks to us, and, and there are other ways that God leads us in, in, in what we need to do and how he speaks to us and guides us, and we need to be obedient in those days, in those ways. In whatever ways that God is leading us and speaking to us, those are the ways in which we need to be obedient to God. Now, what I think is that wall probably wouldn't have come down if God's people wouldn't have been obedient. If Joshua would have told the people, here's what God says, and the people wouldn't have done it, I don't think the wall would have come down that, that day. And perhaps there are some walls in your life today, and maybe you just need to listen to the Word of God. Maybe you need to listen to the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe you say, well, I don't know about all that. Well, have you, have you tried to live in obedience to God? Now, if you've, walls are there and, 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 they're, and they're tough, then the way you're doing it, if you're not able to bring those walls down, maybe the things you're doing aren't the right way to do these things. Maybe you need to try to do things a different way. Maybe we need to try to do things God's way and listen to what God commands us to do. And when we're obedient to God, we may find ourselves amazed at the power of God. 
we may find ourselves amazed that when God says go and we go, that he provides a way for us, that he parts the seas for us, that he stacks the waters up for us, that he, that he takes ground that otherwise looked unpassable and he makes it dry ground and we walk across with no trouble. We may find that the biggest walls that we've been trying to scale our whole life and continue to fall off of, we may find that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and live in obedience to the word of God, we may find that God shatters those walls in an instant. Now, even when God shatters the wall, sometimes, sometimes we still have to walk through the rubble. If a wall comes tumbling down, yeah, they still, could, they still had to get into the city. The wall was, was down, but certainly there was some rubble there. And sometimes in our life, even when God tears the walls down, our journey's not always easy. There still may be some rubble that we have to go through. But God will help us tear that wall down. And God will help us to overcome those temptations. And God will help us to get to the other side of that wall and to the other side of that rubble and to the other side of that mess. And he'll bring us into a place of freedom. That's what God wanted to do for his people. He wanted to bring them into a place of freedom. He wanted to bring them into a place of rest. He wanted to bring them into a place where they would be provided for. And as they went into the land, when they were obedient to God, he was with them. And when they were disobedient to, the God, to God, they paid the price. So let us not be those who are disobedient and lose our battles and lose our struggles and lose against our sin. Let us be those who seek the word of God who seek to be obedient to the word of God. And the commands of God we know and the things that God places on our hearts, let us be obedient in those ways. Let us lift our voice to the Lord. Let us lift our prayers to the Lord. Let us lift our requests to the Lord. Let us lift our struggles to the Lord, whatever they may be. And know that the power of our God is able to overcome the biggest and tallest and toughest walls that are before us today through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for this, this simple but, but powerful message, dear Lord. God, there are, there are always struggles before us, just as there were before your people back then. But God, whatever our struggles are, whatever enemies that we are up against, dear Lord, you are bigger than our struggles. You are bigger than our enemies. And God, you want to lead us. You want to protect us. You want to help us. But dear Lord, we got to trust you. And God, sometimes the things you call us to do may not make sense. We may not understand the things that are going on in our life. But dear Lord, we got to learn that whatever you call us to, we just got to trust you, dear Lord, because it's the right thing. We've got to learn to be obedient, dear Lord. And so I pray, God, that we would do that, that whatever walls may be before us today, that God, that we would seek you, that we can overcome those walls, that those walls can be torn down, dear Lord, that we no longer give in to the sin, that we no longer give in to the depression, that we no longer give in to the anger, that we no longer give in to the pain and the stress and the struggle, dear Lord, but that we would just be obedient to you in whatever way that we know, dear Lord. Maybe, maybe all we know is, is, is that we need to love other people. Dear Lord, let us, let us start there. Whatever little bit of knowledge that you have revealed to us, whatever truth you've revealed to us, dear Lord, let us be obedient in that and let us continue to seek your truth that we could be obedient to you in every way, dear Lord. So I pray that we would trust you this morning. I pray that if there are some that are, that are up against something today, that today they'd give it to you, that maybe they've been trying to figure it out on their own. But God, I pray that today they would know that it's only through Jesus Christ that the walls can be torn down and deliverance can be had for them. So God, I pray that if there are some that do not know Jesus, that today 
they put their faith in Jesus Christ to know what freedom and peace looks like. God, you desired it for your people back then, and, and God, we thank you that through Jesus you give us a better freedom and a better peace and a better rest today. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to bring our walls down today and to find peace into that, into that better place in Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.